Hello, everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of A View from the Ridge, the Spalding Ridge podcast uh, featuring myself, Emil Fernandez, and partner Sarah Katz. We are very excited today. This is our first podcast of 2021, and it's a very special occasion, and we have a very special guest. So we celebrate the three-year anniversary of Spalding Ridge, and uh, to talk about the past three years and the experience thus far, we welcome uh, Jay Lobbs, our CEO and founder and fearless leader, uh, to talk a little bit about what we've accomplished in those three years. So Jay, welcome to A View from the Ridge. Excited to be here, gang. So Jay, I'll kick it off. I mean, it's hard to believe, but we're celebrating the three-year anniversary. It doesn't seem like it's, it's that long, but it's gone by quick. I guess for, for people who are new and don't know the history of the company, can you kind of give us a little summary of where we've come from and, and just high level what we've accomplished in these three years? Yeah, it's been an incredible three years and I'm very grateful for the team that I've been able to do this with. But, um, you know, three years ago, we started the company by acquiring a couple small uh, shops, a small Anaplan shop and a small Salesforce shop. And, you know, they were kind of the foundation of getting the company started. But really, like, as this has played out over the, the three years, um, our, our Salesforce business got us into Spring CM, um, which actually was then acquired by DocuSign. That was a pretty pivotal moment uh, for us. Anaplan's IPO uh, was also a very pivotal moment for us. So we were um, in the space at the right time. Um, and then if you look at some of our other practices that have um, you know, really just had incredible years, you know, OneStream's done uh, really well. Uh, MuleSoft, you know, now being a part of Salesforce is, is very key to where we're going. You know, more recently, uh, we were the only partner admitted into the Coupa, uh, their partner program last year. Um, so, you know, really exciting and, and spent this past year getting a lot of our international outposts up and running, um, some more advisories. So, you know, we've really come a long way in these three years of um, putting together a, you know, comprehensive firm, you know, 200 plus people. So. And still going. Still going. <laughs> Just getting started. Exactly. So, um, you know, with all the growth, there's the phrase that we keep using, which is best in cloud. What does that mean? And how is that part of our strategy at Spalding Ridge? Well, the way we thought about this from the beginning is really to kind of think about those upper right uh, Gartner quadrant native cloud players, kind of the modern platforms, best of breed platforms, whatever you want to call them. In looking at partnering with those and also hopefully seeing adjacencies um, from, from one to the, the other. So you look at kind of the companies that are doing well, that are investing in their systems, that are modernizing their systems, the platforms that they're going to be looking to invest in. You know, we wanted to be a provider of those platforms, but also to kind of have a point of view that wasn't just a single silo. I think too many professional services firms set out to say, I'm, I'm just going to be a great Salesforce partner. And, you know, there are certainly many of those. But um, from a buyer's perspective, you know, if you're the CIO, CFO, you know, CRO, you name it, you know, their issues, they, they want to think about how this fits into their broader enterprise architecture. 
And so to be able to have a point of view of all these you know, modern platforms and how to stitch them all together, you know, we viewed um, was frankly a, a, a winning strategy and, and also taking a point of view on like who we think the winners are, you know, helps, uh, I, I think, companies engage with us too, because uh, once again, I think too many times consulting firms try to pretend they're agnostic when they're really not you know, for a variety of reasons, but, um, you know, we're kind of out there on thinking, you know, these are the best platforms and, you know, we are heavily influenced by what Gartner says on this too, but that's the strategy and, and, uh, you know, we're doubling and tripling down on that. So. I, I guess a follow-up to that, Jay, you know, we've been in this business a while and the way companies acquire technology um, you know, what trends are you seeing there? Because obviously for a long time, there were these, you know, big legacy platform vendors that tried to gobble everything up. Um, how do you see it evolving and, and how has that influenced, you know, how we go to market? Well, I'm, I'm thankful for, you know, kind of the movement away from, you know, the kind of mega uh, platforms. Because I used to think about it, the companies, the, and I'm talking like the company side of it. You know, they might spend 12 months on some like huge internal project spending an incredible amount of time, which look, there's a cost of that too, you know, evaluating all these different platforms and then, you know, putting together five-year roadmaps on these things. And, you know, the, the time to value, to me, the world's moving so quickly, technology's changing so quickly, like that just never made sense to me. So I would say, you know, pace is just really accelerated in, in all these things, you know, you know, and implementing from an agile uh, mindset where I think, too, it's okay to take on a little more risk in these projects, you know, versus once again, going back to it's never, I've never really understood clients that, um, you know, they wanted to take completely all of the risk out of the project. So you'd spend literally months documenting things and once again, not getting to that time to value where like we see our most effective clients are just constantly iterating, innovating, you know, pushing the envelope. And look, I get it. You know, if you're kind of doing a global ERP replacement, it's maybe not that easy to be so, you know, iterative. But but I just think of, you know, the smart companies out there, the pace they're going at. And I think the accepting kind of a trade-off between, you know, time to value and, and risk that the winners are, you know, kind of out there on the forefront. So. Yeah. And I mean, especially last year, kind of proven that theory with the disruption and the change and the no choice you have to adopt digital. So, I mean, were you surprised of the rapid growth with our company and everything that was going on with COVID? I remember March, April, it was a very different conversation than where we are today. Yes, yeah, certainly in, in March, April, you know, those are scary times because it's not just about the business, you know, you're thinking about, at least for me, you know, keeping my mom safe and, you know, your family safe and, and, and really all of that. Um, but also in, you know, my first company really accelerated in 2008 during that crisis as well. So we were thinking about, hey, even though times are bleak, this actually could be an opportunity. But if you, you know, kind of put yourself in the position of our clients, you know, they're working differently remotely, um, in many cases sourcing differently because of political situation and, you know, China and kind of everything that goes along with that. 
you know, our clients are interacting with their customers differently. So you have just a kind of major disruption in many different ways. And just taking DocuSign as an example, you know, what a perfect solution for the time, you know, um, because first off, I would argue it never made a lot of sense to walk around paper contracts to get signatures. You know, how, how is that an efficient process? Um, <laughs> but I think, you know, there are, whether it's laws or just kind of the internal structure set up to continue to support that. But come on, who really wants to have a bunch of file cabinets sitting around their office? So, and we're not even talk, getting into the number of trees you're killing um, while while doing that. So, you know, DocuSign, that's one of those things where you kind of let the genie out of the bottle and, you know, that thing's not coming back. You know, that's just going to continue to to evolve. But, but w- one thing that I think I was maybe a little off on, and this seems like a little more recently, Companies have been willing to do more transformational things remotely, which I wasn't really sure how that would play out. But I think from their perspective, you know, things are just changing so quickly. You run the risk of being left behind if you don't transform. So we have, you know, we are in the middle of multiple fairly significant transformations uh, right now. And in, you know, six months ago, I wasn't so sure this would happen. So that's been a surprise, certainly. So Jay, we've talked a lot about transformation, technology trends, cloud, you know, digital transformation. Uh, I, I'm feeling like you're telling me I should probably get rid of my fax machine uh, based on all those trends. Um, I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about the company and its values. Uh, you know, you've, you've talked a lot internally about how this company is an expression of your values and what's important to you. Can you talk a little bit about that and how what values uh, are important to Spalding Ridge? Absolutely. You know, this company, uh, you can draw a direct line to when uh, I I thought I was retired. When I left Huron, I like legitimately 100% thought I was done um, ever having an operating role again. But I was on this uh, volunteer trip with my mom in Nicaragua. And um, like literally for as far as I could see, uh, you know, it's just one kind of tin shack after another and just seeing the, the poverty and, you know, saying to myself, I am, you know, not uh, being a good global citizen uh, by sitting in my basement. And, you know, I, I kind of joke about it, but like I was binge watching Ray Donovan over the course of a couple months, like, I'm not being a good global citizen. And so just thinking about this, you know, business can be a force for good. I've always believed that. And I also believed that we could set up a company with all the right values and do it the right way and still be successful. I think also having a little bit of the freedom of frankly, not really caring if some people didn't like what we were doing to be able to, to do it our way and, and try to make this a place where it could be a great experience. And I think also shows some of our young leaders that, you know, business isn't all bad. Like you can be a part of something that, you know, we are trying to make our communities better, but we're also trying to you know, help our clients, their financial performance be better. So everyone's 401ks go up, you know, the tax base goes up, those sorts of things too. So, so we wanted to have this very values orientated uh, company. And I like to think we've been pretty successful in doing that. Yeah, I can't agree more. I mean, I think not only do we 
incorporated in our performance reviews, but even in the way that we set our metrics and the conversations we have. So, I mean, this is your second company. I also the second one I've been with you. Um, how, you know, from the first one that was founded in 2005, uh, which was very successful, what are some of the lessons you took away and how did it help with Spalding Ridge right now? Yeah, well, I mean, Sarah, you know, if you think about what, you know, what you just said compared to the first company, I, you know, I know I probably wouldn't have had the courage. Um, well, frankly, I didn't have the courage back then to, you know, make a point that if we don't hire more women, we're not going to hire, period. Um, and, you know, being, you know, okay with that, that, you know, it's one thing to say really smart, you know, cool things on LinkedIn, but it's a whole harder thing to operate a business when you literally stop hiring, you know, due to gender or, um, you know, frankly, a bunch of white guys. Um, and, you know, we, we've done that here uh, numerous times, as, as I know you both know. And I know in that first company, that would have never happened. And, you know, there have been, there have been some, you know, good learnings from, from this. Uh, you know, I think the value of a cohesive leadership team, how important that is, because this is really the first time I've ever had that. And I blame myself, by the way, for not putting more of a priority on it. You know, when I was at Huron or at Bluestone, the, the first company, that was my fault. And so this time out, I really wanted to make sure that we set this up the right way to have that strong alignment. And, and I think another big learning was, you know, we at Spalding Ridge, we talk a lot about our opt-in people model, that the first time out, if someone didn't want to be there, I, I often would take it as a personal like jab at me that like I did something wrong. Where this time out realizing, look, this place is not for everybody. And that is completely okay. We want people to opt in that believe in what we're trying to do. And if this is not their thing, you know, they should go, you know, work at the big four or wherever. That is totally okay. Life is short. You have to spend a lot of time working, work with people you enjoy, work with a company that you really identify with their values. It's not just some words, you know, thrown on the website or, you know, in the office hallway. It's, you know, you really get a feel for this company is taking a stand on some things and, and you know, I want to opt into that. You know, that is a kind of regret from you know, my time at Curon and, and my time at my first company that, you know, we were not values orientated organizations, at least like we are here at Spalding Ridge. So, so Jay, following up on that, you mentioned the, the, the cohesive leadership team that we have here. And, and as I can attest as a member of that leadership team, there's a lot of discussion about how we manage the business. I know you're an avid reader. You read lots of books on management and management strategy and leadership strategy. I'm failing miserably in keeping up with you on the reading list, but I'm trying hard. You know, what are some of these, these business philosophies and management strategies that you've applied here? And, and how do you see the, the impact of that on, on how we run the business? Well, you know, reading Andy Grove's high output management, you know, there's one kind of key pointer that was really an aha moment. Actually, it's very obvious when you state it, but when you think about how companies work, it's not the way it works. And, and often the emphasis on, you know, technical skills and technical leadership 
and almost no emphasis on management skills or management know-how. And especially as you move, you know, up through an organization that it, you know, becomes so much more about leadership and management skills. And, and that's the harder stuff to develop, but just, you know, if you lean into it and can develop that, you know, I think it can make, you know, tremendous difference. And so here we've been doing a, a lot of that. And I think at least within the company, you know, we talk more about like all the Pat Lanchoni books and, you know, the five dysfunctions of a team to me is just a classic. And I think we've done a pretty good job here. Like kind of the big takeaway is, you know, the value of the first team. So when, you know, leaders get together, it's about advancing the corporate strategy. It's not about advocacy for your practice or like whatever your little domain is that, you know, I'd never experienced, it seems like every leadership team I'd ever been on before, it was an advocacy, you know, fight and not a, like, how do we move the strategy forward? But also with Lynchoni, you know, The Motive is a great book. You know, being a leader is is often, you know, not what people think it is. It's tough. It, it, it's lonely at the top. Um, you're constantly questioned you know, and, and so, and I'm not like, woe is me, you know, I, I picked, um, you know, to be the entrepreneurial leader, that's, that's okay. And I would say, you know, I've had the opportunity to get to know many CEOs over time. And the ones that I think get it right are, are like when Choni says, you know, they're humble, hungry, and smart. You know, it's not, you know, the CEOs that, you know, kind of have their name in the paper, like, you know, oftentimes I question that a little bit. It's, you know, who's working in the trenches, you know, to support their teams. So. Yeah, I think Jay, the motive really, I mean, you and I even did a review was really impactful. I know all the partners and leaders read it and going from reward centric focus, like it just hit home to a responsible, like responsibility centric approach is, I know this year has been something that and always we've been trying to get and strive to because we are responsible for our people, our clients, and our partners. So something that I think makes us very special is we know that we don't know everything and reading and getting and learning is also part of our strategy. So appreciate you pushing us continuously to do better, learn more. But with that said, this is just the beginning, as you said in the beginning. So what is next for Spalding Ridge and where is the company going to go this year and beyond? Yeah, you know, we, we live in a very fast paced, you know, constantly changing dynamic. But, I, you know, you know, first off, I think, look, let's get, you know, the vaccines rolled out. Let's get everyone, you know, safe because, you know, I know we want to get out and see each other. You know, we, we want to see our clients. Yeah, we love our alliance partners, you know, just kind of getting back to the motions, you know, that we miss. And, you know, ho hopefully that's sooner rather than later. But I mean, as part of this, this acceleration of digital transformation, you know, I still think it's very, very early innings. And I think you could argue this change we're going through, you know, could almost be bigger than, you know, like the internet, the dot-com age that sort of started this, you know, 20 years ago. I do think this could be larger than that. But for us strategically, what you're going to see a lot of is, you know, as we get closer to our clients, putting a focus back on building out our regional teams. Um, 
like actually last year was was supposed to be a little more focused on that. So getting closer to our clients, but also when we're together as teams, I think there's more development that goes along with that. And so that's important. And I think, you know, more international expansion, you know, we're excited that we just incorporated in Australia, you know, so we're going to do some more things there. Some more things in Europe have been adding depth to our office in Paris. And, and so, you know, you know, I think this getting closer to our clients globally. And then the other, I, I think, big change for us is you are going to see us likely launch new practices as well you know, wanting to be that alternative to the big four that, you know, has a broader set of offerings. And that I would like to say, because of our ability to be pragmatic, nimble, that we're easier to work with, you know, kind of fewer headaches. So I think that, you know, you'll see more, more of the practice development. And and I think, you know, our people love that too, because it gives them numerous different career paths. You know, we're certainly big firms, you know, the, the best model, frankly, is to get people you know, very focused. That's the easiest way to scale. But we view that even though we're taking a little more challenging way to scale, that because our people like it, uh, we get continuity and resources. Therefore, our clients get that continuity as well. So I think, you know, we're going to see more in the, in the practice development areas. So Jay, I think we could probably talk about Spalding Ridge all day. I know it's one of your passions, but we're going to probably leave it there. Again, I want to thank uh, Jay for joining us on uh, A View from the Ridge. And I, I'll just say, you know, on behalf of uh, all 207, I think, employees here at Spalding Ridge, we appreciate and, and thank you for your leadership these past three years. We're all excited about what the next three years holds for us and look forward to, to great things. So on behalf of Sarah and myself, thank you again. And this has been A View from the Ridge. 